0: In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk with the guys from the What the Puck podcast. We talk about the trade rumors surrounding this team, and then we'll talk about how does this two and eight Caps team in the month of November get back into the win column? And then we will talk about what Capitals players that are on the injured list are scheduled to come back first. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On (laughs) Capitals. well hello and welcome into this edition of locked on capitals i'm so glad you decided to join me today as always this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms and i want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day yes this podcast is also available in video form so head on over to youtube and check it out and when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we are happy to say that we have Brandon and Dan of the What The Puck podcast. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. All right. This is cool. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. So in this edition, we're going to talk about this struggling Capitals team. The Capitals, who are seven, ten, and three, sit second to last in the Metro division. They are, you know, kind of on the bottom and they're looking up and they're wondering how are we going to get out of here? They are two and eight this month. You know, for you playing at home, that's two wins and eight losses. It doesn't get any lower than this. Brandon, I'll start with you. How do we turn this Caps team around? What do they have to do? Do we need an infusion of a new player, a different coach? What do you think?
1: I think it's probably a combination of everything you just said. I think this team is beat up. It's older, and we have a lot of players that are just missing in action. I mean, so many guys that are key to this team, and they're in the press box or on the bench right now, and they're not able to play. Uh, I also do think coach Laviolette has not had the easiest uh, road to get where he's at right now. He came in at a difficult time during, you know, the COVID era and we've kind of given him a a longer leash because of that. I think, I think a lot of people look at him and kind of go, all right, well, he came in during COVID this happened, that happened. But at this point, he's been here a couple of years and he's, he's, He's really there's no this team doesn't feel inspired by him, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It feels like maybe a coaching change would be good, but we also need that that
0: veteran presence that's missing right now that's in the press box. Uh Dan, what are your thoughts on it? How does this caps team turn it around and get back into the win column? I'm just looking for a win at this point.
2: Um, can we trade teams with New Jersey? Like yeah. I'm fine just doing a complete, maybe not the goalies because I still don't trust the younger goalies, but you know I'll trade, I'll trade what's going on up north of us. Um, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of things we can talk about the injuries in terms of how that's affected this team, and yes, that that's fair to a point. I think if you look at Colorado, just one of their team, they're also players. they're down Gabriel Landeskog and Nachuska These are two very good players that they don't have, and it's not slowing them down. Yes, the Caps theoretically, not theoretically, on paper, they have more injuries, but it's the coaching staff and it's the job of the front office to be prepared for these things. And, and Brandon and I have talked about this on our show. I feel like at this point, Ed we we talk about it so much that like we have an older team, second oldest at the beginning of the season. They were the second oldest team. I don't know how to find the statistics now for where we're at in that ranking with all the injuries. I imagine it's better. Um, but when you have older guys, they take longer to come back from injuries injury to Nick Backstrom wasn't new. The injury to Tom Wilson, we knew about that going into the offseason. The uh, TJ Oshi, as much as we love him, he's made out of paper mache. Like the dude gets hurt all the time. Like this is just what it's the reality of older players. It takes longer to recover. I'm in my late 30s. And you know, when I sprain my ankle or something, play in sports, it's gonna take me a little longer than it did in my 20s to come back. So why didn't this team in the offseason get prepared for that? Instead, we went out and we got other guys in their 30s no one expected the Connor Brown thing in terms of him getting hurt. And like that happens that you you have to be prepared for that. But the fact that this team was not prepared, they haven't been able to bring in young players and get them going in a sense that has helped the team to continue winning. Um, You know, I I actually, I've listened to the last two episodes that you put out. They're great. And I think you make a good point. uh, You talk about like uh, Tariq Albashir and other people talk and Ovechkin the team has made a guarantee to him that they're going to be competitive. And like you said, they're very much not competitive right now. Like this is the team that if you're another NHL franchise, you want to come play the caps right now so you can get a win. The fact yeah. of the matter is, is that they're not winning now and sticking with this lineup and just shifting it every other game in terms of different players throughout the lineup. It's not working. And so they have to do something. And whether it's the coaching staff or the players, you can't trade everybody as much as I'd like to, you can't trade everybody. So maybe you do have to look at the coaching staff. Maybe it is the the coaching staff is just not getting enough out of the players on this team, and someone else can. That's not a shot at Laviolette. I do wonder why we haven't made a change in regards to who's running the power play, because that's clearly been a mess for a while now. It's not just this season. And I do wonder, is there another coach out there, maybe by the first name of Barry, that (laughs) is theoretically available to come in and – get something more out of this team because right now we're getting nothing.
0: Yeah. And that's how they have to figure out how to get something out of this lineup Uh on junks radio this morning. uh Peter Laviolette was saying that TJ Oshie is the one that is the nearest to return. Uh Dmitri Orlov was in there too, a little bit, but then all of a sudden he must have taken a step back. We'll talk a little bit later about the injuries and stuff. So the Capitals have lost four in a row. They have 17 points and the Rangers in the top of the division have 24 points. Um, So, I mean, it's not a huge disparity, but this Capitals team would really have to do an about face if they want to make any inroads at uh, catching the Rangers at some point. So a couple of the big names out there. This was talked about on the 32 Thoughts podcast. Um, with um, Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick. It's a must listen if you're a hockey fan. It really is. Is Bo Horvat center and Eric Carlson defense? Uh, what they said is number one. They have to figure out, is there any chance that Backstrom could play here? He asked. I have to say, I wonder if they become a Horvat team. The only thing he's a scorer, Ovechkin's a scorer. Backstrom is more a passer. Just something I was thinking about. These are things that are popping into my head. So, you know, two bigger names. If you're a fan of the NHL in general, you've heard of Bo Horvat. That and you've heard of Eric Carlson, you know, part of my apprehension uh, about either one of these guys, most notably Eric Carlson, uh, is that they will be very important for any team that wants to acquire Carlson as the 32-year-old Swede is signed for another four seasons after this one at 11.5 million. So being 32 years old and this team always talking about, we're going to get younger someday, someday, keep kicking that can down the road, Is Eric Carlson the right thing? You know, I hear, you know, Tarek El-Bashir say that there were promises made to Alex Ovechkin when he signed his new deal that he'd be playing on a competitive team. Uh, Despite all of that, this is not a competitive team right now. So you got to keep thinking if this team continues to take a nosedive into the concrete, making some change would be what the doctor ordered. Brandon, what are your thoughts? I th- I think that I mean you do have to look at that price tag like you said 11
1: million. I mean that is a lot to go against the cap if if you were to make a move like that. The Capitals would have to be giving up a ton of of prospects or draft picks or something like that. I mean that's that would be my biggest worry if you do want want to prepare for the the post Ovechkin era in a couple years. He's it's not far away. You're going to have to start looking at the youth movement and, like you said, kicking that can down the road. I, I think you you maybe need to look a little bit more internally, look at the Hershey Bears roster, look at who is younger out there. I mean, one of the good things about George McPhee back in the day is that, yeah, he would make some you know boneheaded trades, but he would also get some of those younger talent that may or may not work out, but they were cheaper. So I think if you can make better moves like that, maybe not bring in a huge name that will cost you $11 bring in a a name that could maybe potentially come with some younger prospects that could work out. I think that's what they really have to do. I mean, I know they did, like you said, made that promise to Ovechkin, it's going to be competitive. We want to win now. We only have so many years to get Ovi another cup. But you need to think about that. I think you need to look internally. I think you need to look at the Hershey Bears. I think you need to look at other teams ahl teams to see if there's somebody that you can maybe work with for the rest of this season and then really could be you know gangbusters next year
0: dan what are your thoughts on horvat and eric carlson on this team
2: i i very much like both of those players i'm a hard pass on eric carlson like the hardest of passes from his age we already have enough octogenarians on this team we don't need more old dudes from a sports world right we don't – he's 32, and he signed up for five more years. We don't need that. They don't have the cap space. They've already got injury troubles. We, Like Brandon said, we need to go younger. They need to have a younger team, and that doesn't mean you trade all the older players. But Horvat, on the other hand, I'm curious. You, you brought up he's more of a goal scorer. Okay, put Kuznetsov on the first line with Ovechkin because he won't shoot the puck, so he'll pass it to Ovi and whoever wants the rotating players of guys on the right side. And you put Horvat on the second line. My question in any sort of moves like this – San Jose is not good. They're going to want to look at their own rebuild, and they're going to want prospects. So, who are the Caps willing to give up? Is it Lapierre? Is it Ivan? Because I can't pronounce his last name. Is it one? Of, uh, who are we giving up to get these guys? That's my concern. We do have to look to an extent at the post Ovechkin, post Backstrom era, and look at what's next. And a lot of people are talking, "Oh, the Caps are going to have to have a rebuild." I I haven't bought into the rebuild talk yet. I think it's more potentially, depending on how some of these young guys progress, it could be more of a retool. Do you look, to an extent, I mean, given they had Austin Matthews, but look at Toronto right before they signed um, Tavares, where they had a lot of young guys and they needed that star player that they went out and they were able to get in free agency. Do the Caps start bringing in a lot of these young players over the next four years that you don't want to give up so that when it's time for Ovechkin to move on, you've got uh, Nichenko who's like OV light. You know, he hits, he can score, just not quite at that ridiculous level. You've got uh, Susan led you talking about both these guys on today's show. You know, you've got a bunch of different players that you can bring up and how much, who are they willing to give up to win now? And what can they get now that isn't going to cost them something in the future? So th- those are my big concerns in terms of making trades, even though they do need to make them. I think Horvath may not cost as much in terms of uh, picks and prospects or NHL ready players is, you know, is Vancouver looking to win now? Would they be willing to look at making a like for like the question is, you know, you're bringing in a center. Who's going out? Which center are you looking to replace? And who's going to be out if Backstrom comes back? You've got Kuznetsov, Strom, Eller, and Dowd. Which one of those guys is making way for Backstrom, let alone some, like, Bo Horvat. I don't know. It's not my problem. I'm not the coach of the team. But I am curious what they would do. Do I think he'd make the team better? In theory. Um, Again, with his coaching staff, I just don't know. But I want to know, what do they have to give up? What does Vancouver want? What would San Jose want? for both of those players.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing. You know, there are certain perils of being in win-now mode is that you give away draft picks. And it seems that, you know, to a certain extent, that is why the Capitals are in the position they're in is because they've been in win-now mode for quite some time. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about the net-minding tandem of the Washington Capitals. Yes, there is actually a bright spot on this team. And then we will talk about who is actually going to be playing on the blue line in coming years for the Capitals. We'll talk about that next. Today's episode of Locked On Capitals is brought to you by BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis get all of the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at bet online as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more and guys even if you're not into betting you can bet on upcoming capitals games so it makes it that much more exciting. So. Go to bed online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals where it's your team every day. In this edition, we are joined by the guys of the What the Puck podcast. So in this next segment here, let's talk a little bit about the netminding tandem. If we look at last year, inconsistency would be one of the ways that you could describe this team. Um, We hear a lot of people, and I hear a lot of people on Twitter and YouTube going, ha, 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 why did you get rid of Vanacek? He's one of the best goalies in the NHL. That's fine. I'm happy for Vanacek. I really, I wish him nothing but the best. The Capitals tried to retread that tire with him many times. Same goes for Ilya Samsonov. You know, I hope they have nothing but the best. The Capitals went out and picked up Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren. I give Brian McClellan A plus marks. I was hard on him last year, saying, "What do you do when you're squandering another Ovechkin year with this really poor goaltending?" Brandon talked to me about the bright spot this year that uh, Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren are a fresh, a breath of fresh air, if you will.
1: I got to say, Charlie Lindgren, I I know he came in, he knew he was going to be, you you know, the backup goaltender, and he has come in and impressed me so much. He's a guy that I'll I'll fully admit, I did not know too much about this guy. And I was like, all right, well, he's going to be the backup. I mean, he'll play here and there. But what we have seen from him, he has made Holtby-esque saves. And I've been so impressed with what he's been able to do. And. Like you said, you have to give it up to to build this tandem. Uh, These two guys are doing absolutely fantastic. I wish the play in front of them was a little bit better because I feel like the Caps have maybe been in a few more games just because of them and, uh, and despite the play in front of those goaltenders. So Darcy Kemper, you can't say enough good things about him. Charlie Lindgren, I think, is great. And like you brought up, Vitek Vanacek, I was so bummed to see him hit the road last year because he was a guy that he played in South Carolina he played in Hershey he's been in this system for so long I mean he paid his dues he has a right to be an NHL goaltender and I wish it could have worked out obviously with the coaching staff and everything here it just wasn't the right fit for VTech but I'm very happy that he is on to greener pastures I think he's done great in the 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 farm leagues for us I wish it could have worked out unfortunately it didn't but This goaltending duo right now, like you said, is the bright spot of this team. And I'm not worried. Like last year, I was worried who's going to be in goal. Who who could it be? Probably depending on who's in goal is if we're going to win or not. This time around
0: with these two goaltenders, they are not the issue whatsoever. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I'm talking about. You know, a breath of fresh air. Now they have inconsistency in front of them. That's the tough part. Dan, talk to me a little bit about the net-minding tandem here in Washington. What are your thoughts on it? Um, You know, oftentimes we talk about, you know, the Capitals are losing all these games. It's my belief that the, the Capitals would have lost these games by a larger margin if it wasn't for Darcy or Charlie.
2: I think it was the right move in the offseason. I think bringing both these guys in Brandon said he hadn't really heard of Charlie or Lynn I had no idea who he was when they signed him. I think Brandon, you may have texted me or something when he got signed and I was like, who? Huh? And I <laughs> do a little bit of research to find out who this guy is. Uh, I think both of them are great. I think what they went with last year, was it made sense at the time to an extent you had two young guys both of them were promising both of them were players that looked like they had bright futures in the nhl right now it's looking certainly better for vanacek in new jersey but to be fair he's got a really good team playing in front of him that makes your life a little bit easier i i I, they had both of them had the opportunity last year to take this number one job on a good team and make it theirs and they couldn't do it and when you have an aging core you have to have consistency in net if we take Kemper and Lindgren and put them on last year's team the Caps probably still lose in the first round of Florida but we look better doing it and they certainly are better you know they plan better in those games I think it was the right thing I think like you said the team is just not playing well in front of them I'm sure people in Colorado are making fun of Kemper for coming to Washington but that writing was on the wall that he wasn't coming back any you know to the team just with the moves that they were making the amount of money he was going to get in free agency but I think it was the right thing to bring them in I think their stacked. Not reflect in front of and if they will stats would be better they'd be looking better and it was the right move to bring in a guy that is your number one and to have a guy who knows he's a backup he understands that role he knows he's going to have to go in potentially at any minute if something happens to Kemper or if he's not playing well during game but he also understands he may not play for a week or he may not play for a number of days and now he's getting that time off there's not that Thought in the back of their mind of, oh, am I losing it to this guy? Am I losing my spot? There's consistency. And I think that's really important for players to have. And so I think it was a great move to <clears throat> to bring in these guys. And it'd be nice if the rest of the team would help them out.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I guess you can say about this Caps team is they have, a, you know, great depth. If you take a look down the chart there, you have Zach Foucault, you have Garen Bjorklund, you have Hunter Shepard. Um, there's Clay Stevenson in there. So I the future is bright for this Washington Capitals in years to come. And that's one of the, the, the good things, I guess I would say. I think probably towards the end of the Darcy Kemper contract, they will regret those years a bit just because, you know, that's five years out from now. You're going to have to make some decisions on some of those guys in Hershey. They're sitting in the crock pot down there cooking, ready to go. You know, you can't leave them in there too long or you're going to ruin them, you know. So to a certain extent, I think the Capitals are going to have some tough decisions to make. Zach Foucault is the number three. Um, So I think my biggest issue with Darcy Kemper is he has spent, I want to say, 50 games on the injured list uh, in his career. So that's a substantial amount of time. Um, So, you know, it's a good thing that the Capitals have you know, a Fucali, uh, you know, in the works in case something like that happens. Uh, Charlie Lindgren is an excellent goalie. And I have no doubt that he would make a number one goalie uh, and he would do that very well. But uh, good on the Caps and Brian McClellan and Ross Mahoney and all those guys for always just drafting and keeping us well-stocked. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about the blue line for the Washington Capitals and who will be on it in years to come. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this edition, we are joined by the guys from the What The Puck podcast. And in this last segment here, we're going to talk about the Caps Blue Line. John Carlson is the only player under contract on the Blue Line after this season. That is a bit worrisome. You have Martin Faravari, who is a restricted free agent. Same goes for Alex Alexiev. Um, but it's a bit of a worrisome thing because you take a look at Dimitri Orlov. And one of the things I was talking about with Mike Vogel is, you know, this Caps team is coming up on a rebuild at some point. We all know that. Do you want to give a lengthy contract to an Orloff? Do you want to give a lengthy contract to a Jensen whose name is gaining more traction on the trade block? What is the future of the blue line on this Washington Capitals team? You take a look. Lucas Johansson has always been, you know, put me in coach. I'm ready to play. Same goes for Alex Alexiev. But for whatever reason, this Capitals team is not in the green banana business. They want a winner today. And they want them to play well right now. So, I mean, at some point, they're going to have to go younger. You know, I kind of know it flies in the face of Peter LaViolette and even Barry Trotz before that. Brandon, what is the future of the blue line on the washington capitals i mean obviously i'm a
1: huge john carlson fan i'm wearing his his sweater right now so uh i'm very happy to to see him here but like you said Dmitry orlov he's got a contract coming up i've never been a huge Dmitry orlov fan obviously he's not playing right now so do we see him leave i think another factor you have to think about there is alex ovechkin you know, he likes his buddies. He likes his Russians. He likes being able to have his his countrymen on the team. And they've, you know, always played together. So I think you probably do see Dmitry Orlov stay here just to kind of appease the captain a little bit. But my worry is that contract because he's missing time now. He is an older guy. You got to be fair with that money because we do need those younger guys to come up. And the Capitals are are famous for overcooking in Hershey. You know, they like to keep those guys down there. You know, it's around Thanksgiving time. You don't want an overcooked dry Turkey. Do you, you want, you know, you want that juicy stuff. So I think right now is a great opportunity to bring up some Hershey bears, see what works, see what doesn't Martin Fehavari, He has worked out fantastic for this team. I don't want to see him go anywhere. Nick Jensen. I mean, if you could use him as like a trade bait type of thing, You know, let's let's see what you could get for them. But I think right now, if I were the the Capitals coaching staff, I would be rotating in some of these younger players from Hershey. Let's just see what works. Let's just see what comes up. I mean, you've got you've got a a pretty much a a, an empty canvas at the end of this year. You know, paint. Let's see what we can make up. Let's see what we can uh, bring up with these guys. Maybe there is some, you know, hidden talent down there that we aren't seeing at the moment in the NHL that's just cooking in the AHL. Bring them up. Let's see what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, and if you take a look at it, Martin Faravari is the first player in some time that has worked his way up through the Bears and maintained a regular spot on this team. I guess the only guy before that is Tom Wilson, and before that, Braden Holtby, if I'm thinking off the top of my head. There hasn't been a lot of guys, I guess, you know, well, Siegenthaler, but a lot of those guys have moved on and that kind of thing. But, I mean, guys that are caps currently it's Martin Ferivari and Tom Wilson. So that there is that reluctance uh, to go younger. Dan, what are your thoughts on the blue line? And why are the Caps so reluctant to go younger?
2: I actually kind of love that they're going to have to rebuild this blue line because like the rest of the roster, it's too old. They've got a lot of older guys. I, I, I'm sure Matt Irwin is a very nice gentleman. Why is he on this roster? Why is he taking up a spot from a young guy that should be playing? Eric Gustafson, he's looked all right. Was that necessary to bring in another older guy when you could have looked at plugging in? My question is, do they trust the young guys? Lucas Johans has been here for a while now. There's got there's got to be something that they're seeing or not seeing that's made them go either he's not ready or he's not an NHL defenseman. There's a reason at 25 years old he's still in the minors. You got Iorio; He's only 20. He's still got some years to go before he potentially could be in the NHL. Or... We could see him at some point in the next year or two, like, you know, some players, Favari, I don't think we ever actually really saw coming until he came out and played and everyone was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. So I like that they're going to have to rebuild this defense. In regards to Dmitry Orlov, I want to know how much money he wants. If it's more than John Carlson, see it. It's not worth what they're going to need to continue to rebuild this roster uh, throughout the latter parts of the action era to throw more than $8 million at him they've got to be having these conversations, I would imagine now. So they've got to know what he wants. Is he going to become trade bait that you look at getting younger? Do you look at going out and getting a defenseman by moving Orlov? plug in someone else, not necessarily from, from Hershey or, you know, someone you've drafted, maybe you're trading for another defenseman. That's not going to cost you as much, or you may have term uh, over and look at starting to resign. Some of these guys you've already got. I don't think Alexeyev is going anywhere. I don't think Favari is going anywhere. You know, they're going to get new deals. I imagine they're at least going to get qualifying offers in the offseason. So they're not necessarily going anywhere or they'll be traded to bring in someone else that's going to play. I would imagine on the back line. So I, you know, I, I like that they have this sort of flexibility coming up. There's obviously concerns because Carlson can't play the entire game by himself on the back line. So you have mm-hmm. to be able to plug in some other guys. I think Jensen has the opportunity to potentially get re-signed, but it's all going to come down to how much they want in the cap hit. And can this coaching staff potentially bring in a couple of new defensemen next season or whoever the coaches might be? And can they actually have a cohesive unit? I think if, you know, injuries aside, Carlson Favara, your top pair, what's going on for that? I want to see more of Alexiev. I do want to see Johansson get at least a couple of games in the NHL to kind of see where he's at. And like Brandon said, I want to see a couple of these young guys and I want to see them for more than four to five minutes a night for one game. Like that's not showing anything. Yeah. They see stuff in practice, but practice isn't the same as a game. Anybody that's ever played sports at any point in their life knows that. So I want to see them actually playing. I want to see them playing against NHL players. I want to see them playing in a real game that matters so that you can see what you've got. I don't necessarily want to keep having guys that are getting older, that are getting injured. Let's bring in some of these younger guys, whether they can, you know, you got to give them something to show you. You got to know what do you have before you can then, decide as to whether they're worth it or not so let's give them an opportunity for a couple of games
0: what are they gonna do lose already (laughs) doing that (laughs) it can only go up from here right guys all right so before i let you go here why don't you uh plug your podcast and your social media brandon or dan whichever one of you guys wants to plug your podcast uh brandon take it away Absolutely. We
1: are the What the Puck podcast. We've been around for about 10 years, so uh, we've got over 300 episodes in the bank. If you want to go back and listen to uh, some happier times during the Stanley Cup year, you can go to our archive, uh, whatthepuckcaps.brandocash.com, and check out those older episodes. If you'd like to subscribe to What the Puck, we are a weekly podcast. Dan and I get together. We talk caps every single week. You can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you enjoy uh, just getting a YouTube stream we are on YouTube Google podcast all those places and you can check us out over on Facebook facebook.com what the puck uh, podcast and you can follow me on Twitter at Brando cash all right Dan is there anything that you would uh, like to add to that you can just find me on Twitter while it exists
2: I guess at <laughs> WTP coach Dan uh, on there talking about the caps as well as other sports just watch actually Japan beat Germany in the World Cup this is the Craziest start to the welcome of our seen. So find me on Twitter talking about that at WTP coach Dan.
0: All right, gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us on this edition of locked on capitals. Thank you for making locked on capitals your first listen for your next listen, check out the locked on sports today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, a big game recaps and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.